and the kids go to bed. Her second book was a relation to like bring you closer and be like, are you in your heart? Like, I'm like, oh my gosh. Welcome to Coffee Confessions. Hey guys, welcome to another episode in our domestic violence series. The last one. The last one. We miscalculated our Mondays, yeah. and so this is a November episode. Right. But um, one thing I've noticed is I'm really glad we did this because we have yeah. a very young spouse following, and all these stories seem to have taken place Um with young girls, you know, yeah. high school, early college years. Well, I feel like you expect it to kind of start, like, more advanced, right? You expect, yeah. like, a more mature woman to go through it, yeah. not, like, a I think 18. that's what's, pro- yeah, that's what's portrayed uh, in, like, movies and stuff. Yeah, yeah. You don't really think, like, an 18-year-old girl is going through this stuff. Yeah, all three I of guess ours. because I don't give 18-year-old boys enough credit to do but, so, right? But they also said most of them are older, right? Like, yeah, they were dating older. One, I think our first story was in high school. Uh-huh. Right? I think she met him in high school. Is yeah. That what she said? Um, but needless to say, they were all like high school relationships and then going yeah. forward. So or we, like they're, at least their first, first serious, yeah. serious relationship. And I think the first sign, um, you guys are about to listen to our next guest, um, but the first sign in all of these was seclusion. Yeah. Like they were either angry that you were hanging out with somebody or jealousy. Yeah. Yeah. Jealousy. Um, trying to keep you away from people. Um, you know, and it wasn't even just like men, like they didn't want you near your family. They didn't want them near their friends, even so much to where like they were rude or mean to them. And even some of them though, put on a persona enough that it was like, like, the, the girl you're about to hear from, she was like, you know, nobody would ever... You, they knew they was, he was a little rough around the edges. Yeah. Um, you know, maybe rude and whatever. But um, she was like, nobody suspected, like, domestic violence or right. domestic abuse yeah. at home. And another thing is, is that all of these people abused these women where people couldn't see yeah, it. Yeah, they were manipula- manipulative with their abuse. Yeah, like yeah. smart, right? Like yeah. you think people just like lose their anger and... Give them a fat lip. Yeah, no. but it's not. Like no. they, you know, specifically under your jeans or yeah. something like that, where it's not like even if you wore a t-shirt, you're still not going to see it because right. they thought about it. And, you know, a lot of, I think, domestic violence is excused that way. Like yeah. she just lost his temper. No, if you're smart enough to hit me where nobody's going to see it, you didn't lose your temper enough. Right, yeah. You know, like no, you, you were, were being manipulative. Yeah, you yeah. were thinking, you were, you know... It makes me think of this one time. I had surgery in 2016, and because I was laying in the bed so much, they were giving me heparin shots in my arm so I wouldn't have blood clots. And it was like one of our—I got it done in February, so our taxes had hit, and I was in the hospital. And so I was in the hospital for a week, and I told Dee, just take me to Target. When we get out, just take me to Target. (laughs) Let me go spend some money. Well, I had a tank top on, and I didn't think about it, but I kept getting these really, like, weird stares from people in Target. I'm standing with Dee, and Dee's much bigger than me, you know? And I'm walking around Target with him. The back of my arms had all of these bruises from these heparin shots. Yeah. But to the outside world, it was like... Oh my God, that man is probably putting his hands yeah. on her. And so, like, hearing them say, Yeah, he hit me in the legs. Well, yeah, because as women, you know, you usually will go out in jeans, or if it's summer, like, you can throw on a pair of jeans if he's been hitting you in the back yeah. and the legs and stuff like that. I didn't even think about that. I had, um, our husbands are obviously military, yeah. and, you know, we see military doctors. 
Um, I went to a doctor. Yeah. Do you remember what we were we were doing? What were we doing? I don't know. A holiday. I don't know. One of our play dates. Something. Um, I went to chase after the kids, and I was you wearing broke your socks. Clock? No. Oh yeah. I remember, I slipped. Flipped, yeah. I slipped, and I busted my knee. Yeah, we were just having dinner. Yeah, we were having. Where were the guys? I don't know. Anyways, I went to chase after one of our kids. I had socks on, and I slipped because I was cold. I think. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Anyways, my. I'm anemic, so my knee, like, swelled yeah, up. You yeah. know, I had a huge bruise. I ended up going to the doctor for a whole other thing. And when they saw that, I told Mark the same thing. I was like, they questioned me, like, if I was abused. Yeah. They were like, how did you get that? You got that from falling? Like, yeah. you slipped? Like, you're, you know, a grown woman, and yeah. you slipped? And I was yeah. like, yeah, I slipped. Yeah. <laughs> like, I was chasing kids and stuff. Right. But... Just the, like, the questions they asked me, I immediately felt uncomfortable. And I yeah. was just kind of like, I'm not being abused. I'm just yeah. anemic. Clumsy, yeah. And um, so I can't even imagine, like, knowing Knowing it's really happening. Yeah, yeah, it's really happening. And whether somebody notices or not, like, this next story was so sad because she was helpless. Yeah. For a solid month, she was literally helpless. Like, can yeah. you imagine she was, what is it called? Impaired, right? Yeah. Um, and... Just helpless, like stuck in this situation. Yeah. And you can't even think of like how many women go through that. How many women go through that? And they're just like, nobody knows. They're literally, yeah. I mean, 90% of us are smaller than any man that we're with. Yeah. So like I'm smaller, I'm helpless, I'm alone because they've all been secluded. You know, she said that he made anybody feel unwelcome or didn't want them in his house or yeah. anything like that. Yeah. So like, can you just be imagine being stuck in that situation? Yeah, like, and like nobody can come, and I have nowhere to go. And yeah, like yeah. what do you do? Yeah. What do you do in that situation? Just yeah. like the amount of helplessness that you would feel. Like I mean, I pride myself already. Yeah. <laughs> so like, just I can't even imagine it. So as hard as this um, series is, we and all of our guests who spoke with us. Yeah. Um, we're very grateful to bring some type of light, and we hope that the situation's deferred enough that somebody can relate to it in some way. Yeah. Maybe, you know, maybe you are in a younger wife. Maybe not in high school. Right. I don't know if we have high school listeners. I doubt it. I but, doubt it, yeah. Um, you know, maybe you're just a young college one going through it. You know, yeah. a lot of military relationships are young wives. Right. Like, we see it all over the wives' pages, 19, yeah. 18, 20, 21. Yeah. You know, it's still young to yeah. be separated from your family and not feel like you have any type of outlet or anywhere to go. For sure. I think that, um, like we always said, you know, listen much with caution. If this is something that will trigger you, we will not hold it against you. If you don't yeah. listen to these series, um, we will be back at you in November with some more Milso content, I'm sure. Um, but for now, just enjoy the last episode of our domestic violence awareness series and we will catch you back sometime in november guys you know we suck at keeping this <laughs> updated but you know we have a military life you all understand so guys so we are going to pass it over to daniela to you know give us her story um like we always said before please be respectful of these women um sh when you're sharing their story or reaching out um Make sure you're doing so um, respectfully yeah. and um, remember that this is something very brave that they're doing, um, just sharing their story on our platform. So um, I guess without further without ado. <laughs> All right. Um, so my name is Daniela. Um, I was previously in an abusive relationship um, 
for a couple years and I got into this relationship when I was in high school. I was young and I just wanted to be cool and be with an older guy um, and he was in the military so I was like oh that's my type. <laughs> um, <laughs> so it started off normal I guess you could say like there was no red flags I hadn't really been in a serious relationship prior to this so I didn't really know what to look for as far as red flags um he was kind of standoffish like if my friends came around he wasn't like super nice to them and like he would get mad if I was like with my friends for too long and I wasn't hanging out with him but I didn't really think anything of it yeah um so we were together for a little while and then Um, When I graduated high school, I ended up moving in with him and we moved to a different city, like two hours away from my hometown. So that's kind of when it started getting bad um, because I guess he had more control over me. Um, I'm kind of secluded from my family at this point because I'm farther away, didn't have a lot of friends in this new city. So I started out in college um, and I met some girls and you know, as a college student, you want to go to the parties and all that stuff. And he would get really, really angry and like make me feel guilty for wanting to go to parties or like even just go hang out with my friends at their dorms or whatever. Um, I was only allowed to like drink at the apartment if he was home um, or like under his supervision with my friends. And he was really, really mean to all of my friends. Like, every single one of my friends he would make really rude comments to and just not very nice um so it started off with more of like controlling me um telling me what I could and could not wear telling me who I could and cannot hang out with and then at one point um he had just gotten out of active duty and he was in the National Guard so he had to find a job and we actually ended up working in the same place together and you know it was oh was this coworker flirting with you or what you know it was always something um yeah that he would always just come up with in his head and nothing was ever actually going on because he had so much power over me um and I was so much younger than I was four years younger than him so wow um so then um we I ended up joining the army myself and I left to basic training in AIT um and he didn't liked the idea of me joining and he actually convinced me to not join active duty because he didn't want me to move because you know that's where he would lose a lot of that control so I ended up just joining um, the National Guard so I left and I came back and when I was gone it felt like I had more freedom than when I was with him which is really sad because I was in basic training (laughs) yeah (laughs) You know, did you feel like you breathed easier? Like what, what? Like did you feel relieved almost? Like when you were away from him? Or yeah, I mean, because I had my girls, that my battle buddies, and all that stuff, and I could talk about anything and be around people, and he wasn't there. Yeah, and they would tell me like about their relationships or whatever, and I'm like, oh, my boyfriend doesn't let me do that, you know? <laughs> yeah. How long were you guys together at this point? Um, like two years. Okay. And then what were your communications like during basic? Like, was he still like mentally abusive in letters or was it like, um, I miss you. I love you yeah. type of thing. Like where you it thought, was, oh, maybe it's going to be normal. He, when I get didn't, back. he didn't really write me a lot, honestly. And 
when it, when he did write me, it was kind of just like updating me on like the dogs or like <laughs> it wasn't really like abuse through um through that. But yeah. when I got my phone calls, he would be like weird or like ask me questions. And I had um, made a really good friend who was gay, and he still is one of my best friends to this day. And he didn't like that I was friends with this guy because he was a guy. Mm-hmm. Um, and. <laughs> I'm like, dude, <laughs> he's gay. Yeah, very, very <laughs> openly gay. Um, and so that's kind of when I was like, okay, there's, you know, and my friend was like, is he jealous? I was like, yeah, he's really jealous. Like, he doesn't let me talk to anyone or like, and he would look through my phone. He had my passwords to like all my social media. And oh gosh. Um, so when I was gone, my Snapchat would like log me out. So I knew he was on my Snapchat, even though. I didn't even have my phone. So right. <laughs> it wasn't even on my Snapchat myself. Uh, but he thought I was doing something, I guess. Which is kind of uh, crazy knowing that he went through basic too, knowing that you yeah. like literally <laughs> like you he went through the same process. Yeah. So Yeah, like I, I can't do anything, man. Yeah. <laughs> and he knows that. <laughs> yeah. So I came home and I kind of was like over him. I was like, okay, I kind of want to get out of this relationship, but it started getting really bad when I came home. Like I had, you know, befriended a lot of people um, like NCOs and I would actually go work out with them. They were like training me and stuff um, to just get me like more in shape, like weight with weights and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and every morning I'd go and he got so jealous of this male NCO that I was, working out with it was nothing it was just working out he was training me um and after I was like okay I feel like he's breathing down my neck like I just want to get out of this relationship but I didn't know how to and then I think he could feel me like pulling away so that's when he started becoming um physically abusive he would punch holes next to my head like he would hit me he would like throw bottle like he threw a bottle of um alcohol at me one time and like mm-hmm. it almost hit my head and it was right after I had had knee surgery um because I had knee surgery like three months after I came home from basic training because I tore some ligaments um in basic training and I was like on crutches like I couldn't walk and oh he used that against me you know to like hurt me um and so when he started becoming aggressive Um, more aggressive like verbally and physically I was like okay I really need to get out of this situation because nothing good is going to come out of this um, and it's just going to get worse but I was at this point like he knew where I was at all times like he had my location on me at all times Um, he just had so much control over me that I felt so trapped and I didn't know who to turn to because none of my friends knew that this was happening. Um, cause I was so embarrassed to like tell them. Was he and, good? Like out and about, like if you were out and about, he seemed very like forthcoming, like kind and that he was never like either verbally or emotionally abusive out in public. Yeah, no, he wasn't like that in public. And like I said before, with my friends, he was always really mean to my friends. Um, and he yeah. would, like, kind of, like, verbally abuse them. Which, so I'm sure I they weren't like, stay away. Yeah. Yeah. And they didn't – they always suspected something was off with him. And so they kind of knew, like, he wasn't really that nice and, like, that he didn't let me do a lot of things. Because, like, they would ask me and I'd be like, oh, let me ask my ex. And they're like, why do you have to ask him to go 
to lunch, yeah. you know, like yeah. <laughs> something so simple as that. Um, so I broke up with him um, and he lost his mind. And at this point I was, I didn't have the money to move out right away. Um, and the apartments that I was looking at, it was like college housing. They had openings. Um, they didn't have openings for another month. So I basically had to live in my apartment with my abuser for a month, recovering wow. from knee surgery. Um, Anybody and, aggravated him by breaking up with them. Yeah. And he was very angry. Um, he would like lose his mind if my friends came over and like helped me because I had my dog. So I needed mm-hmm. somebody to help me take my dog down the stairs to go to the bathroom. And um, he would get mad if people came over. And like one night I had invited one of my friends over and we were just like drinking some, I don't know, like wine or something, just like super casual hanging out. And he's like, you cannot be drinking in my apartment. And he like grabbed something out of the fridge, some bottle and like threw it at me, um, started screaming at me in front of my friend. And my friend's like, dude, you need to leave. So he left for like a week. And then when he came back, he was just so rude to me. And it was just scary because I was on crutches. So like, I couldn't run away. (laughs) Yeah, I can't even imagine it was I just felt so like little I guess um and um it's funny because he was like five five so he was actually really short but (laughs) (laughs) I felt little (laughs) um so I feel like I didn't notice the red flags at first but now looking back even at the beginning of our relationship there were red flags and I just you know it completely went over my head like okay this is a red flag and it's probably gonna get worse but to me it was just I had I didn't know because I was so young yeah Um, so how did you finally get out of the apartment so he got so mad at me one night for oh I had started um talking to other guys and you know because I was single and I was like all right guys and he still had access to all my social media and I forgot and then he left um, and he went to the Grand Canyon and then he never came back. <laughs> so, oh my gosh. <laughs> and that same week is the week that I was supposed to move out. So I moved out um, and I never saw him again. Well, I mean, yeah, that, that sounds like you, like, not that you got out lucky, but like, you can't, like, he, he was like, okay, well, I'll, she's yeah. done with me. So I'll, I'll just yeah, well, from the equation. Whenever- whenever we were living together but still um like when we were broken up I I got kind of drunk one night and we actually slept together and I actually got pregnant with my daughter so weeks like two months later I find out I'm pregnant and I had to reach out to him yeah you know and I basically just wanted to be like, hey, um you know I'm pregnant but I don't want anything to do with you so yeah when I have this baby like don't talk to me, you know, you're not, you're not going to be involved at all. Like you're aggressive and not good. And he completely denied that that was his kid. So that's kind of why he doesn't <sighs> talk to me or didn't talk to me. Um, so I guess so does that he was still like... deny, he still denies it to this point or has he ever tried to come and be like, that's my baby? No, my daughter actually passed away last year um, in the NICU. Oh, no. So his mom, tried like his mom pretended that that was 
like her grandkid and it was a whole thing um but he has never reached out to me and i actually had to hire like an attorney and um because i was worried that he would try to come into her life Mm -hmm. um but after i lost her you know that kind of worry kind of went away obviously but yeah so he was but he did reach out to me at one point um when I was pregnant with her and I was dating my now husband who stepped up and you know was there for me and my daughter yeah Um, and he was like I can't believe you're already dating somebody and like you're pregnant with our kid so he kind of did admit it but he was so jealous that I was with somebody else and that's all he cared about because now he's like oh I don't have control of her anymore yeah Yeah. so when the baby was in the NICU did he did he still deny it or was he yeah yeah Yeah, he didn't talk to me at all like until after she passed away really besides that one email so after he after he disappeared through the Grand Canyon did he like did you still get notifications that he was like tracking you and watching you no, because I had changed all my social media at this point once I figured out, like, oh, he found out I was obviously talking to somebody. So I changed all my stuff. Um, so he, I don't think he did. <laughs> no, yeah. no. I couldn't even imagine. That must have been, no. like, the scariest month of your life. Like like you said, on crutches, and you broke up with him, but you were, like, still stuck in that situation. Yeah, defenseless. Yeah. Sure. I, tried to, I tried to have my friends, like, stay the night almost every night um he worked nights luckily so when he was home during the day I would be at work so oh that's good so your past doesn't have to cross too much yeah but when they did cross every time it was like him being aggressive towards me and yeah um you know abusive oh sorry my child no it's okay (laughs) we've got seven of them (laughs) um how so you said it was like two years that you guys were together was when he was first physically abusive? Yeah, it was quite it was quite a while. He was emotionally and verbally abusive. Um basically the whole time. But then it was when we actually like moved in together that he became physically abusive and more emotionally and mentally abusive. Yeah. So like you- mad if I wanted to go visit my mom. Oh wow! How did like, how did your 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 family feel? Like, did they notice any flags that they told you? Like, besides saying like, "Hey, he's kind of rude." Like, did they say like something's not right? Not really. Like, he was really good at hiding what he was doing, which is so scary looking back at it because literally nobody knew. Yeah. When he did hit you, did he hit you like any like anywhere that it could be covered so like in our last episode she said she got hit in the legs a lot yeah it was the legs yeah it was the legs yeah and it was actually kind of scary because um he hit me in the legs one time right after my knee surgery oh no so obviously that really hurt and I had just had surgery so I had like a giant bruise um like above my where I had the surgery and then I had the surgery bruise so it just looked like the doctors did me really dirty but it was actually my ex (laughs) yeah did you ever get to go active duty like did you ever get to do any of those things that you wanted to do that he stopped you from doing um no I didn't go active duty um mostly because I was pregnant and then um I actually got medically discharged because of my knee Uh um which that's a whole 
are another story but <laughs> um no I, I mean as far as the army stuff no um but I feel like I definitely lost a lot of like what I could have done when I was in college before having right. a kid because right. I was a really young mom and now I have my son and I'm married and um, my husband's active duty but um I feel like I lost a lot of that like college phase yeah because sure. he never he didn't let me do that yeah how long was your guys's relationship you said like when you were in high school till what like a four-year relationship yeah there it's so crazy to me yeah. like how all three of these stories that yeah. they all started in high, high school, school or college and then yeah. they're smart enough like to abuse you where you can't see anything yeah. Yeah. and nobody knows you are being hurt right because they're smart yeah. so if you could tell like what like a were you like 16 when this started like when you started dating would you say or 17? yeah I was like 16 or 17 so if you could tell your 16 self year old self something or another 16 year old or 19 year old or 22 year old those are like the common young yeah. ages what would you tell a girl either starting to date or in you know or dating in their first serious relationship and what to look out for what what to do like different a sign. yeah a sign um definitely notice the red flags um if you are uneasy about something and you think it's a red flag it probably is a red flag um and just be cautious and don't, I guess, I moved in with him right out of high school. I was, like, super young. Yeah, so yeah. I would say definitely feel the relationship out with before starting those big um, changes, like, moving in together, getting married, all that stuff. Because once I feel like you get engaged or, like, you have a kid together, it's even harder to get out of that situation. What would you say is um not necessarily a coping mechanism, but like a, a way to kind of deal with it? For instance, our first speaker, she said um, a therapist has been her biggest help. Um, our second speaker said journaling, like to because you won't remember everything that happened. And if you write it all down, then you'll know. So what would you say like your biggest like way to help either to get Yourself, past it or yeah. yeah, go through it? Um, I went to therapy. I ha I still um, suffer from PTSD from my ex. Um, and I went to therapy. I haven't been going, but um, I am Christian. So I go to church and I feel like finding Bible studies, um, if you are religious or reading the Bible, that has helped me a lot. Um, and doing like devotionals. Yeah. I love that. We yeah. love we love the most. You know? <laughs> um, I think that's great advice too. I um, I think like if you could, what are some like major red flags? Like if you if you had like, um, like if your son was dating somebody, you know, what would you yeah. tell him? Like these are absolute red flags, and I like as your mother. That's something might like, seem normal to somebody who is in never, their first relationship. Yeah, never yeah. gone through it. Um, I think major jealousy issues, like, yeah. oh, there's a guy standing next to you, and it's your fault because he looked at you, like, yeah. Or for women, like, <laughs> she's look, she's looking at you, like, she's obvi you're obviously cheating on me. That, yeah. Um, like major jealousy issues. Um, I don't really believe in like yelling, so me and my husband don't yell or any of that. So, 
I feel like yelling is kind of a red flag because it can always escalate to something bigger and worse. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because um, I feel like with my ex, it started with yelling and then it just escalated to um, domestic abuse. But um, I think that's all I can think of right now. <laughs> what would you say, um, like, necessarily, like, if somebody is getting out of a situation and kind of like how do how did you find yourself to trust yourself again to trust somebody else again right because you're in a happy relationship now so how did you kind of move past the trauma enough to open yourself up to your now husband yeah um so my husband and I went through a lot with my daughter um so that I kind of have like married like how our marriage and relationship started um but he showed like from day one that he wasn't aggressive, like, he wasn't jealous at all, um, I knew I could trust him, because he was literally stepping up, and taking care of a kid that wasn't even his, um, so I feel like people that don't make you feel bad about doing, like, day-to-day things, like, hanging out with your friends, or, you know, going out to a bar, that, that's not, that shouldn't be a big deal, Right, yeah. right, right, for sure. Especially, like you said, when they were gay or, or freaking out about a gay be- man mm-hmm. being your friend. Like, he yeah. has no interest in me whatsoever. Exactly. I think that's a great advice. And I'm so, we're so thankful that you came on and spoke with us a little bit and shared your story. We know it can never be easy. I know you're super vocal. Um, and we just, we just can't say thank you enough, especially since we had all these like technical difficulties. <laughs> this is not the first time we've experienced technical difficulties on coffee. So yeah, for sure. our crew is used to it, but thank you so much for sharing your story. Thank things. you guys for bringing light to this. This is, I feel like really important because there's so many people that are going through this that yeah. you never know who needs to hear it. Well, and it's definitely something that's plaguing the military community. Yeah. I mean, everybody mm-hmm. that we have spoke to um, has been military affiliated yeah. one way or another. And it, that wasn't necessarily our, our, uh, our plan, but it just worked, out, it that worked out that way. And I think it's important because I'm sure, like you said, you're a military spouse, you're on, I'm sure Facebook and, and, and wife groups and stuff. And, you know, you see these posts here and there where it's like, Oh, well, my husband did this to me or my husband did that to me, or they don't know if it's normal or what to do and stuff. So we just felt like, you know, with October being the domestic violence awareness month, like we just had to speak on it. So we're so grateful for women like you and the other two that felt like you wanted to rally with us and share these stories to help others. So I just want to say that we are very sorry for your loss. Um, as mothers ourselves that is not a grief that we would ever ever want to experience ourselves and we're very 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 sorry that that was something that you had to experience and um you are definitely in our prayers I love that she said um devotionals and bible study and stuff was like her outlet or her type of like she goes to therapy but that was her you know, yeah, coping mechanism. And I love that because there are so many things that I'm just like, Jesus, (laughs) (laughs) if you know us, we're just like, Jesus, fix it now. Please help me. We are obsessed with our devotionals ourselves. So we hope this, we know we don't have the biggest voice, but we do have some influence in our community. And we hope this made a, um, impact on you, whether it's to, you know, open up your eyes and realize, you know, more people go through this than you think. Yeah. Um, it could be your neighbor. It could be your, you know, 
It could be yourself. It could be you. Yeah. Yeah. You know, um, we hope somebody utilizes this platform, whether it's sharing or, you know, speaking to yourself um, to kind of get yourself either out or through a domestic violence situation. Um, Domestic violence isn't always laying hands on somebody. It could be emotional abuse, physical abuse, uh, financial financial. abuse. Um, It could be, you know, just so much as just belittling you, you know, every single day. That's that's not a happy life. Um, It's nothing that somebody deserves to go through. And the fact that it's so often hidden behind doors, um, I think we as women need to, you know, we're so, you know, app on bringing things to light that not necessarily doesn't matter, but like this is just as equally as important, right? Whether we're talking about breastfeeding or military moves or whatever it is, um, I think this is something that needs to have just as much light as human trafficking and everything else, knowing that it happens way more than you would think it does. Right. But um, as we close the series, I I wanted to say also that... um, you know, if this, if you found yourself listening to these and thinking, you know, I thought my relationship was normal and now I'm noticing all these red flags and whatnot, um, you know, there are so many resources out there. You know, if you're in a military um, relationship, there are so many resources where you can still be kept anonymous and find out what you need to do to help yourself. Um, if you have a friend who is going through things and you're noticing the red flags and maybe they're not, we just encourage you to step up and say, you know, hey, I, I have, I have, Listen to this series recently. I heard a few things, and I just wanted to say if you're okay or something. Yeah. And if you don't feel comfortable, if you find yourself in this situation or you need resources or anything and you're not comfortable reaching out to anybody you know, you can always reach out to the Domestic Violence Hotline, and that number is 1-800-799-SAFE, 1-800-799-7233. And they will have resources. They have people available. They even have chat and text. Um, so if you go to the hotline.org, they have plenty of resources there. If you cannot call, if you can yeah. text. Um, another thing I saw was learn, like, if the domestic violence um, hand gestures. Learn... Um, if you need to get out of a situation, I mean, there's ways that you can call and order a pizza and they're able to send first responders. I think it is important to learn all of these things. If you are in a domestic violence situation, if you have a friend in a domestic violence situation, share these resources with her um, or him and just let them know that, you know, they do have somebody on their side or if this is you going through this, you do have people on your side. We have two people who chose to be um, public with their story. And I know for a fact that Chastity um, is open to talking to and helping anybody who might need help. Um, so if you are not comfortable, you know, reaching out to us to get you the resources, you are always welcome to reach out personally to these women um, and they will be ready and like they are ready to help. And I don't feel like they would come on here if they did not want to help you. So don't feel like, oh, I can't reach out to them um, or, you know, reach out to the hotline or, you know, whatever, whatever you feel called to do to help yourself. We stand behind you as coffee and just want you to know that we support you. And we just felt called to talk about this this month because it is something that plagues the military community and, you know, 
that's kind of our platform. <laughs> well, that was our confession for this week. Don't forget to subscribe and follow us on social media to catch the latest. Hashtag spill the coffee.